Greetings once again, wrestling fans. This is Sam Kiel, the Wrestling Connoisseur, and you are listening to Ringside Rambling, brought to you by Square Circle Journal. Today, I'm going a little flying solo, all because Anchor's got some issues they're ironing out. Apparently, they've been uh, brought into Spotify, and so I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it, but hopefully that all gets ironed out so uh, we can get Trucker Kyle and Just John and uh, a couple of the other guys and gals back on with yours truly. Uh, I would like to take the moment today though just to talk a little bit about something that's kind of in the headlines. Uh, everybody is kind of uh, always been confused on these sorts of things. I, my opinion since the attitude era you know uh, we've we've had a moment where wrestling fans could no longer tell who was face and who was heel and uh, WWE has not helped in that moment in uh, the modern age of wrestling first let's just go back and talk about what's face and what's heel where this confusion kind of started to take off in the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era introduced a uh, character trope known as the anti-hero. Sorry. The anti-hero. And um, if you recall, and this may be a bit beyond some of your uh, memories, uh, we had movies like Dirty Harry uh, with Clint Eastwood almost all the Clint Eastwood roles. Uh, You had characters like the Terminator, who went from a bad guy in the original movie to in the later movies, he was the hero. He was the anti-hero. Even though he was still the same exact character, pretty much. Um, Charles Bronson. He was an anti-hero in a lot of his later films. The Death Wish series. Now, all these movies started coming out probably the late 80s, if I recall. That's roughly the time. And we began to see characters who were not really the white hat good guys. These were characters who went beyond the law, beyond the rules. They had their own moral code. They would be willing to break the rules to do what was right. Now, these are still good guys. They're just not going to listen to the beat that everybody else goes along to. In wrestling, this started around um, the time Diesel turned face. Big Daddy Cool. And... um, he was like the first real anti-hero for the Attitude Era. It didn't get really popular until Stone Cold came along. Of course, he turned face in the match against Bret Hart. Um, of course, The Rock ended up turning face against The Nation. Their characters didn't really change. Their characters remained the same for the fair amount. It's just that the, the mentality behind the characters... They became good guys. Now, for Stone Cold, he was still the ass kicker. He was still ran his mouth. He still drank his beer. It's just that the fans loved him 
and he loved the fans back, but he turned his vengeance toward the heels. Same with The Rock. So, they were never what you would call tweeners. Uh, Of course, when they're good guys, they're not heels. And, I mean, this is the anti-hero, and it's a white beat babyface. Anti-hero is still a babyface. So people get confused on that. They think anti-heroes are bad guys. They think anti-heroes are quote-unquote tweeners. Um, Let's just talk about tweeners. I've talked about it a lot. Tweeners, in the old sense of the word, were always just characters who were transitioning from one alignment to another. That could be uh, a babyface to a heel or a heel to a babyface. A tweener could also be referred to as back in the old, old territory days when you had a champion like in the NWA that visited every territory. Uh, They could be called a tweener in the fact that sometimes they would just be whatever was needed. You know, if Ric Flair visited the USWA or Mid-South and Jerry Lawler is the face, obviously Flair would be the heel. If uh, Flair visited another territory and say one main gang was the champion, then Flair would play play up the face role. And it was just that larger-than-life champion could bounce back and forth. Kind of in a way that the jobbers always did back in the uh, early uh, WWF television uh, days with uh, the unknown guys like Paul Roma, Jim Powers, so on and so forth. And they would just be whatever was needed against the star. You know, if it was the big boss man uh, back when Slick was his manager, then they would play the face. If they were wrestling Hulk Hogan, chances are they were going to be a heel. And they would use heel tactics, and they would, you know, talk the crowd down, and all sorts of things. So, that's basically what tweener means, or meant. Today, it doesn't really have any power here. There's there's no meaning behind the word tweener anymore. Uh, people use it, and it's they don't use it correctly. And what they refer to doesn't exist. You're talking about a guy who has no alignment. Someone who isn't good, and he isn't bad. It just doesn't exist. There's no such thing. Absolutely no such thing. And if there was some guy like that, then I would beg to argue that they're they're pointless in wrestling. Because if you don't love a guy, you don't hate a guy, what do you got? Nothing. So please strike the word tweener from your wrestling vocabulary as far as the modern product is concerned. Uh, Of course, naturally, you want to be loved or hated to some degree or fashion. Hopefully very loved or hated. And if you're a face or heel, it depends on on the crowd. It depends on the matchup. So much things go into it that a lot of the current product misses these days. If you're... Let's take, for example, um, 
the B team. At any given moment, they can be face or heel. And it's not very established. Uh, and it hurts when they come out, say they're supposed to be face, and say they're getting some cheers, and they have them come out and they're wrestling. Um, let's see, who's a good face tag team at the moment? Say they're wrestling the New Day. And they're the crowd's actually cheering the B-team chant. And they're fighting the New Day. The How does anybody get over that match? I mean, really get over. You know, if the B-team has to wrestle the heel side of that match. They don't really have a choice. New Day is by far a bigger face tag team than the B-team. So they don't have a choice. They have to wrestle the heel portion of the match. They have to wrestle the antagonistic portion of the match. The faces, the good guys, got to get beat down. There has to be sympathy drawn for the face side of the team. And you got to have an antagonist or a heel to do that. And that's where a lot of the lines get blurred with the current WWE product. And in some other places as well. It can happen where you have a face versus face or heel versus heel match. Heel versus heel, in my opinion, is much harder to do. Um, and do it right. Besides it's just being a spectacle um, for the fans to see and, and hating both guys. Uh, you know, face versus face is kind of the same way. Someone has to wrestle the antagonistic side of the match uh, at any given moment. And sometimes it's hard for that to happen. Especially like if you have one face that is more liked than the other. You know, for for that face, he almost has to wrestle the face side of the match entirely. Uh, but it depends. Because, I mean, WWE plans everything out. And if you stray from the plans, it can be bad for you. Unfortunately, that doesn't give wrestlers the room to adapt to the audience and what they want which would dictate the match not necessarily dictate how the match ends but it would dictate how the match plays up to the finish Uh, case in point Rock versus Hogan at Wrestlemania where Rock was the face and Hogan was the heel once they got in front of the crowd the crowd dictated they didn't want the Rock to be the face and so Hogan and Rock flipped the script. Vince wasn't happy about it. But you had to do it. And that's kind of the problem. If if two guys get out there and they don't change it up or they can't get the crowd to bend to their will, then, then it, it's all off. I think a big portion of that is you have heels who don't commit to being healed anymore. And uh, in my opinion, that's a big problem that AEW is going to face. 
you know, because if we really look at the AEW roster, there's like three heels on the entire roster. And you can't have an entire roster of good guys. You've got to have some bad guys. For WWE, it is still a problem. Because their heels, despite being kind of like assholes, they're like the, as I refer to it, the quarterback of the football team who can get away with doing dickish moves. Uh, they're still popular and they're still loved. You know, I, I take, for example, someone like uh, Adam Cole. Who plays up to the crowd. Who wants those cheers. And this guy is borderline ready to turn face at any given moment. Versus someone like Tommaso Ciampa. Who the fans have grown to love as a heel. The difference is Tommaso Ciampa can get booed. He knows how to get booed. He knows what it takes to go out there and commit to being heel. And, and getting himself over in that position without getting cheered or making himself beloved to the fans. It's all about an emotional connection. No matter which way you go with it. It's about an emotional connection with the crowd. The crowd has to love you or hate you. And if the crowd is indifferent, there's problems. There's major problems. Unfortunately, WWE sometimes uses this. They make the crowd indifferent to a wrestler by uh, screwing up storylines. By having them off TV. By having them just lose uh, frequently. You know, if we look at Braun Strowman over the last year, who was by far the focus of Monday Night Raw, they then turn around and just have him in crap feuds in bad matches and constantly getting screwed over as far as a a universal title shot or winning the title to the point where the crowd the audience now knows they're not going to strap Strowman and so now the big push is like can we really get behind him you know is this is it really going to be the time is this really the moment and I think that plays a lot into, I hate to say kayfabe, but reality has become a major part of wrestling. And it seems like wrestling does not know how to handle the reality portion of their life. You know, if you're heel, do you commit to being heel and being an asshole at the airport? Do you continue to be heel? on social media in the old days they would of course you know you wouldn't see the guys out together the faces and heels together you know that was a major portion of what was protected of course uh, wrestlers love to blame the internet today for killing a large portion of it uh, I believe it was Dustin Rhodes even said you know you have guys out there who you know, when it comes to social media, they're just themselves. They, they have their, their accounts as one instead of like their real life account and their, their wrestler accounts. Uh, nobody commits to being their character on social media or out in public. Um, has this killed it? You know, I mean, it's, it's a matter of suspension of belief. And I think, um, I think it helps maybe that they, you know, 
commit to being healed to to their character. You know, maybe that would help some. Uh, but I think in the long run, everybody knows, and everybody has always known, that wrestling is predetermined. And that wrestling requires a suspension of belief. Uh, there's a book I read, I believe it was called Slap Happy. I cannot remember the author's name, but they talk about how um, back in the 50s, the 40s maybe, a local reporter did a, an article on uh, wrestling when it came to town and how it was quote unquote fake and this and that and blah 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 and the townspeople ran him out they knew wrestling was predetermined but they suspended belief and they the fans themselves protected that aspect of it and you still have fans today that will say hey you know wrestling's not fake and draw the line where you will at predetermined versus fake um but fans get it. The wrestling fans get it. Where does this tie into face and heel? You know, I think it really does tie in because people love wrestling. And sometimes fans tend to forget or look to the side when it comes to their favorites versus who's face and who's heel. And it's like any story, the protagonist and the antagonist have a certain relationship. And it's difficult when you have an antagonist and and another antagonist together. If you have two bad guys together, somebody still has to be the protagonist. You can't have a book of just antagonists or just protagonists be a very boring story I'm not even sure if it's possible to be honest uh, you could have a protagonist and the, the environment be antagonist you, you could have you know a storm the weather be an antagonist if you think about like uh, the old man in the sea you know there was not a, there wasn't a villain out there against the old man it was his environment It was the ocean. It was the weather. It was the fish. You see? So there's always something that's got to be an antagonist. But you got to... They go hand in hand. If it's just a story about a guy out there fishing, is there really a protagonist? Is there really a good guy if there's no bad guy? I mean, we can get very philosophical on this notion. But if you have a wrestling... A federation full of not good guys and not bad guys, then what is it? You're just going to let the fans choose, then what is it? If it's all shades of gray, what is it? And everybody today seems to love this notion of, ooh, shades, it's shades of gray. Yeah. It's always been shades of gray. But those shades of gray still differ. You know, if you have a light gray versus a dark gray, and I asked you which one was 
blacker, you would tell me the dark gray. If you have a good guy who sometimes cheats for the right reasons, like say in a story with uh, where uh, um, the protagonist steals to feed his starving family, is him stealing to feed his family, is that make him a villain? No. You could have a bad guy that does something nice. But that doesn't necessarily make him a good guy. If you have a serial killer that gets uh, someone's cat down out of the tree. Because he loves cats. Does that make him a good guy? Just makes him a serial killer that loves cats. So at the end of the day... Wrestling needs good guys and bad guys. They need them both. They need them in spades. And they need them to be good or bad. Face or heel. And you can't have both in one. You can't have shades of gray as you call it and there's no good guys and no bad guys here it just doesn't work that way all right wrestling fans that's gonna be it for today if you have questions on this let me know i would love to talk more in depth about this because wrestling is really full of tropes and they don't get as philosophical and blurred as in novels uh i wouldn't even say movies because movies are pretty pretty uh straightforward too they still remain quite developed in a manner to draw out what they want very stereotyped so wrestling remains very stereotyped and there's a reason for it Anyway, until next time. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.